Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Kaiser Show. Um, we are back. It was the big one. So much talk, so much hype. Liverpool against Manchester United. A clash of the titans. Two teams going for it for the title. A big old rivalry. It's one that I'm really passionate about and I think most Liverpool supporters who listen to this are really passionate about. Finish nil-nil. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of mixed emotions, relief, you know, and maybe anger. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll dive into it, and um, you know, before I go any further, it's um, it goes without saying that this show is brought to you in partnership with Liberty Shield, the perfect the perfect VPN companion for all your entertainment and privacy needs, where you get a massive twenty five percent off using the coupon code AIVPN. Liberty Shields offers free VPN apps for iOS, Android, Amazon Fire Stick, Mac and Windows. Now, that's all done. Let me get to my guests. Now, these two, I rely on them heavily. They are my dynamic duo. Without further ado, they don't need an introduction, but I'm going to give them one. It is Sam Evans and Chris. And oh my God, I just saw Chris Singh's name. Okay, it is Sam Evans and Dave Horrocks. I screwed up. I'm so sorry. Not like you did. <laughs> not like you to cock up your intro, Nina. Bloody hell! Shocker! Shocker! <laughs> this is the first time this has ever happened. I know we're uh, so professional on this show, guys. Thank you for joining me again. We've not spoken in ages. We had that horrible game against Southampton. Um, before I get my first caller in, let me just quickly get your thoughts on on how you feel after that. You know, um, uh, you know, for me, um, uh, I'm a little bit everywhere. Not going to lie, you know, I feel like we could have been a bit more cutthroat up front, but, you know, we'll dive into that. But how do you feel overall, given how it panned out? Very, very disappointed on the whole. Not, not, you know, the result in the end, I think it could have been worse the way the game ended, obviously. But uh, I'm just disappointed that, yet again, we've had eight games to prep for this game and we weren't on it again. And there's there's obviously big problems at the moment with the attackers. You know, we'll get into that in a bit. But yeah, on the whole, just disappointed that we didn't give it the crack that I was expecting us to today. And you know, on the whole, we can't really grumble with the draw in the end because of it. No, we can't. No, we can't. And you know, thank God for Alison. But we, we will speak about that in a minute. And what about yourself, Dave? How how do you feel after that game? I mean. I think it's one that people really talk up and hype up and they kind of stress you out. I've had such a busy, busy week. I've not had time to think about it. I think the only time I, I, I tuned into it was half an hour before the game. And I'm so glad, you know, if, if usually I let this game really fester in my head. Yeah, I must admit, I was more nervous coming into this one than any other game in recent memory. Certainly this season, I, I was so nervous and I just I, I can't comprehend how it will be if we lose this one. You know, and then it it really is a six pointer at the top there. I think, I think, in answer to your first question, I, I just feel flat. I mean, it feels like Groundhog Day, doesn't it? Up front, in particular, um, it's just we're not firing, and you know, we've we've had more rest than anyone else in the last few weeks, and it just doesn't seem to have helped us at all. Since that Crystal Palace game, and I know we had the Spurs game where, you know, everything looked great and we confidently predicted, you know what, no one can touch us. doesn't matter if we don't have any centre-backs. Everyone who comes in just does a job. And, uh, and it seems such a long time ago now because even though, I'm sure we'll talk about the team news in a sec and the whole centre-back situation, it's not really... It's not really the centre-back situation that 
that's causing us problems. The fact that we can't score a chuffing goal. No, these are these are absolute concerns, and I'm sure they're going to get flagged up. Let's go to our first caller. We'll dive into that. Um, let's go to our first caller. It's been a while since he's been on the show. It's Gags Tandon. How you doing, then? You okay? I don't know, Gags. I feel a bit. I don't know. Like the the wind's been knocked out of me, and I'm a bit angry because, like, you know, all that talk. Oh yeah, they're on top of the league, and I, I've never ever seen a more disgraceful team sat on top of the league. Absolutely, but um. To be honest, I'm very, very, uh, I'm very, very relieved that that game's over. It's the worst game to watch as a Liverpool fan. And uh, at the end of the day, um, everything that we've been saying over the last few months that it could come down, it, it has started to come down. It's all making taking effect, you know, the way that it's affecting the team. Not having that surety at the back, not having that, you know, having to play midfielders in defence. There's no way that the balance of the team is going to be normal. We can't expect it to be, you know what I mean. So, to to be honest, I'm glad. I'm one of the things I'm glad about. They didn't end that run at home. That would have been really hard to take. Um, them going six points clear would have been really hard to take. And uh, if if you want to take anything positive out of it, they didn't get that, and that was their best chance to do it. You know, and they had two big chances towards the end. Allison and Fabinho saved us. And to be honest. Um, I'm going to look at it positively in that way because it could have been much worse. We could have been really fucked. We can be angry about the result and the performance all we want. If we lost, we'd be fucking fuming and we'd be really, yeah. really kicking ourselves. So we got away with one. Fine. We need to dust off and do better again. But the one player I want to talk about is Fabinho. Mm. I, I think he's in fresh out of player of the year. Fabinho is the reason we're probably anywhere near the top, to be honest. He is absolutely phenomenal, and I don't want to be a negative person on this show. I want to talk about the positives. Alisson, obviously, we know he's world-class, but last year there were still doubts about Fabinho. People were still telling me on Twitter he doesn't get in the team over other players. Um, I hope you block them, people. No, no, I don't block people. (laughs) I'm just taking a make, you know, like, what? I just think, yeah, you you totally don't know what you're talking about. This is one of the best players, the most important players in this squad. I think he's showing that again this season. We are literally missing him so badly in midfield right now. I'm just glad he's in the team to save us because he did that a couple of times today again. Um, You know, it's just, yeah, I want you guys to talk about how fucking good Fabinho is. And with that, I am going to leave you. But uh, yeah, don't be too down. It could have been much fucking worse, folks, much worse. Mm. And we could have been the laughing stock of all of those people you know, if, if you know those people that say, "Oh, if you're in Liverpool, this is a big game now, nah, man." If you're a fan anywhere in the world, this is a big game because we're fucking surrounded by United fans everywhere in our day job, in our fucking on our street, in our families. Currently, we're nursing one. Literally <laughs> surrounded. This is the worst game to lose. Losing this one at home would have been the eve. Like, there's nothing worse. No, there isn't. Them six points clear at the top. Nothing worse. Ending Liverpool's home record. Fuck me. We got away with one. Just thank you, lucky stars. It's not worse, folks. But Fabinho was a bright spark. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, lots lots there, Sam. And I'll, I'll come to you first. I got your name right. Let's talk about Fabinho. I mean, he was absolutely incredible. And, you know, when you think about two central midfielders actually playing as centre-backs, and for me, he just looked like the natural fit. I mean, we could talk about all the blocks that he put in, you know, the, 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 the tactical fouls that he put in at the right place, his positional awareness. And even right at the end when, um, uh, when, when Cavani came on and, you know, Rashford was in at the, and, you know, he made up his pace, got, you know, got to his man and put him off and, you know, forced him out wide. He's just smart. To me, that was Virgil van Dijk-esque. That bit of play. You would not it's, think that's a, it was, go on. Well, yeah, with Fabinho, it's a little bit different because it's just purely reading of the game is incredible with him. He's because mm. he's not the thing with Van Dyke, he's got that incredible recovery pace. So he kind of just jockeys the player, waits for them to knock it ahead, and then uses his pace and his strength. Fabinho, he just it's like he's got a crystal ball almost. He's so good at nicking the ball off a player's toes at the last second, and he did that a number of times today. Sometimes when Man United were on a really dangerous counter-attack, uh, sometimes he'll put in a tactical little foul. 
but he is absolutely incredible at the back. And I know, you know, we've we've touched on this a number of times. You know, why are things going so wrong all of a sudden? We've said before, it's not just defensively missing the centre backs. It's not about defending. It's about, as Gag said there, the shape of the team, and that. And we've totally lost that. We've lost Fabinho in midfield. And he is absolutely unbelievable in midfield because having him there when we play the high line, it just keeps the opposition penned in and they can't get out. And today we saw, because he had to play in defence, Man United had some really dangerous counter-attacks that they were able to try and fashion today. And I just feel like with Fabinho in midfield, we can restrict that a lot better. And when we're not able to pen teams in quite as well, the front three aren't getting the quality possession that they might do. At other on other occasions when we have got the likes of Van Dijk with his incredible distribution at the back, so it it is it's coincided all together unfortunately with the front three misfiring and the full backs misfiring at the same time, and this is the result. So yeah, I'm 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 with Gags. I'd I'd rather focus on some positives because today now you know we're not right at the moment. We're not playing well, and we're likely to, you know we might be fourth or fifth in the league. I think. Um, with with games in hand played, so um, yeah, it's 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 worrying times. But we've got that game out of the way now without too much damage. And I just you know we've got another home game coming up uh, quickly now. Is it Burnley midweek? So um, yeah, you know we've just got to find a way to get our groove back, start scoring some goals, and then you know hopefully that can get their confidence back up and we can get on a bit of a run and get Jota back in in a couple of weeks as well. And you know things might start looking rosy again. Some really interesting points there. Dave, I'll come to you regarding, um, you know, the whole domino effect of Fabinho. I mean, absolutely, you know, that midfield looked, uh, uh, you know, it was it was quite a, a ballsy move from Jurgen Klopp. But I want to get your thoughts just on Fabinho's, you know, the fact that, you know, Klopp is having to do this and, you know, and just how well he played against that attack as well. Because a lot of people, and, you know, maybe rightly so as well, you know, that United attack is quite lethal. You know, they've got some good players. They score their goals and, you know, to have Fabinho, who's a central midfielder, they probably saw that as a bit of a weakness, but he looked like he was not faced by anything at all today. No, I mean, he's just slotted right back in there, hasn't he? And to Gags' original point, yeah, I think it's not even close, is it? So far, he's our player of the season and he's not even playing in his position. And I think what Gags was saying about people on Twitter, um, saying he doesn't deserve, you know, other people should be in front of him, in front of the team. Unfortunately, with Twitter, it's like monkeys typing at a typewriter, isn't it? Who'll eventually give the works of Shakespeare. People have all the different opinions. And if you can't see that Fabinho is a proper world-class player, um, then you're watching the wrong game. To Sam's point, though, I think he's absolutely right. The problem is it's it's a bittersweet pill, isn't it? It is brilliant we've got a player like Fabinho, and he is one of our few proper world-class players. But the fact is we're depriving ourselves of having him in that midfield. Nina, you you mentioned my favourite bit of the moment for Fabinho in this match, which is, you know, Rashford's away, and he's been on fire this season, hasn't he? And, and along with the off-the-field yeah. stuff... He is pretty much the golden child of of the minute and and rightly so for his off-the-field stuff with the whole school meals and that. But when he's running in our defence at pace there, I'm thinking, oh, we are in trouble now. But you're right, it it was Van Dyke-esque, the way he just shepherded him him, uh, to the side there. He didn't panic, he didn't dive in. There are certain... It wasn't as good as what Van Dijk did against Spurs um, a few seasons ago, but it reminded me of it. I can't think what player it was where there was two in on Virgil Van Dijk and he kind of... Sissoko the... and yeah, the... yeah, Yeah, and the one that had the ball, he stuck with him. He didn't go to the other one and he just forced him out of... and made him shoot. Yeah, and, and there are other centre-backs, aren't we, that we've had in recent years who rhyme with Bovren, uh, who might have dived in and, and caused us a lot more problems there. So, no, it is fantastic that he's there. I just, a little bit of me weeps inside that we have to deprive ourselves of having him in that midfield. I just, we're in the middle of January now. It doesn't really look like we're going to get anyone in at centre-back. And so we're going to keep limping on. Um, and, 
you know, given the situation and, and we're having to play players out of position like this, we're actually doing pretty well. Another nice little positive spin considering, oh gosh, yeah, uh, <laughs> you guys are too positive for me. I should, I should know when you two are on my part. I just like, I don't know, I'm just really disgusted. And um, we'll, we'll talk about the decision making um, and, and the front three and, and things like that in a minute. Um, let's go to, uh, well, that was Gags Tandon, our first caller, talking about Fabinho and shouts for player of the season. Guys, would you agree with him? Sam? Your Sorry, say that, say that, but Fabinho, yeah, definitely. I, I, I thought Robertson for the first ten games or so was fantastic for us as well. But Fabinho, I, I can't remember him having a bad game. He's just incredible, and the fact that he's having to give up his role in central midfield for this team, you know, he's doing a job for us there. And you know, Milner sacrificed the season for us. Uh, having to play at left back, but you know he wasn't our best player. He was just completely out of position and just doing a job. Fabinho's doing a job and being our best player most games, which is just you know testament to his versatility and just how good he is as a player. And his understanding of the game is just second to none. But yeah, so Fabinho, I absolutely love the guy. Just we need to just keep him fit because. You know, keeping him in there is absolutely key because our season's hanging on by a thread if we lose him as well because there's just no other options, you know. So um, I, I just wanted to say one thing as well for positivity's sake. The, the Man United-Liverpool game, right, it couldn't have come at a worse time because we just had three games in a row where we'd had poor results. But, you know, nil-nil against Man U is, has become so common of late. We, we have a lot of draws against Man United, so we... In my head, I'm trying to isolate this result completely from the poor run of form. And I'm just trying to think, you know, many times our front three have been firing on all cylinders and we've gone into this game and we've struggled. So um, I think it's one of those games, it's a horrible game. You need to get out of your system, get it out of the way. Um, a bit of damage limitation today because Man United were on a bit of form and you could see their tails are up in the last 20 minutes just to get away with the, the draw. So at least we're only three points off the top. And, you know, there's, there's so many games left in this season, guys. We, we don't need to panic. It's a shitty season with shitty luck with results and decisions by referees in the last minutes and stuff that we've had to put up with. So, you know, we can't feel sorry for ourselves. And I just back us to, to, to claw our way out of this slowly but surely. So, you know, let's not give up the ghost yet. We've had it too easy over the last two seasons with how we've been getting on. This is how football usually is. We just need to kind of, you know, back the team and support them as much as we can. And, you know, I, I have faith that they will find a way to get their way out of this rut. Absolutely. And what about you, Dave? Your man of the ma- um, your, your player of the season, Fabinho? Yeah, completely in sync. I, I think Robertson, I, I think, to be honest, Robertson is probably the only player who's close to Fabinho. I think he's, in terms of energy... You know, and and he just never ever stops. I just fucking wish he'd practice his shooting a, a little bit. You know, he gets mm. in some great chances. He puts in some peaches, you know, for crosses, and and uh, they're so good. But he just loses his shit when he he gets a sight of goal, and uh, his shooting's terrible. So he, yeah, he was, I, I, sorry, go on, I, Sam. Sorry, mate. I was just going to say he was absolutely mental the first twenty minutes, wasn't he? I don't know what the <laughs> hell. I thought someone needed to switch him on, off and on again because it was like he'd crashed. I didn't understand what was going on. He was just kicking the ball out of play. Just it, it wasn't him at all, was it? It took him a good twenty minutes to actually get into the game today. Yeah, and I think he is just that sort of player, isn't he? He, I think I said on the last show, he he sort of plays like a fan. You know, he, you know, you see him. He's talking on the pitch, which I like to see. You know, he, he's shouting. You see that emotion from him as well. And I think he was just probably a little bit too wound up. But I, I seem to remember in the first half that he did have a size to goal. And and with these matches in particular, I'm up and down, and I'm so nervous. And I've got mates texting me through saying, "Oh, this is a crap game." I'm like, "You fucking joking? I'm I'm on pins here." And I know it's not great for the neutral, probably, but the stakes are so high. So when the ball gets anywhere near our half, I'm I'm so nervous they're going to score. And when when it goes to ours, you know, I'm, I'm willing the ball to be in there. But um, 
when Robertson had that chance, I must admit that was probably the only time where I'm like, yeah, that's not going anywhere near the goal. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think Robertson is is the only player who's close. But the classiness of Fabinho and the fact that you know there's no there's no moaning about it, he just gets on with it. And I, I guess Milner did create the template for that, didn't he? No moaning about playing left back. He just got on with it. You know, and uh, he was a bit of a target that season. But I tell you what, no one's targeting Fabinho this season. And, uh, yeah, I just I, I hope and I pray we can start to get some players back and we can actually get him in that midfield where we've seen him, you know, as as great as he is defensively and breaking up the play. He's a good offensive player as well, you know, mm. in, in creating those uh, those passes and those through passes. So, yeah, I, I he's been our player of the season at centre-back. I've just touched wood. I'm still hopeful. We're halfway through January. I'm still hopeful we're going to be able to see him in midfield before the end of the season, or, or even sooner, hopefully. He is hoping, he is hoping. And another person that agrees that he is one of the player of the season is our next caller, Yona. Yona, welcome to the show. Hi, Nina. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to have you on. So the floor's yours. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to uh, give, give a question, maybe with no real answer, but what the hell has happened to our front three? We haven't scored since like the 12th minute three games ago. Just having a horrible form in the last uh, three games. It's it's unlike them, is what I'm trying to say. Well, what do you think the the the, the what's wrong with them? Do you think the problem is? You know what? That is a great question, and I'm going to come to my panel, and I will come to Dave first. Dave, um, you you kind of touched on this, and I'd like to get your thoughts. I mean, do you have a theory about this? I know we talked about um, Jota being out as well. Um, for me, the, every like in the first twenty minutes, we looked on it. And then the decision making in the in the last half, you know, in in the attack, it just we were trying to walk the ball into net. And I've said this many a time. I've said it on previous shows. But I want to get your thoughts. I mean, what is not working for you? Because I I have a theory that I'm going to share right at the end. Hmm. I, I'm I'm intrigued now. So <sighs> it's going to be bullshit. You, it's me. Yeah? You know that. <laughs> just putting that there. <laughs> I, I don't really want to single out individual players because when the whole team doesn't score it's down to the whole team and when you do it repetitively you have to start questioning the system and and there's clearly just a confidence problem but everything pivots around Bobby and so when Bobby's not playing well we don't play well Mm -hmm. and I just thought in the first I don't know the first 10-15 minutes he just had a few touches and I thought you know what Bobby's having one of those days. He's going to work his ass off. He's going to close down. We, we all know he's he never ever stops trying. He was kicking the ball like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons today. Like Mr. It, Burns. <laughs> <laughs> there's no height or weight or anything. You know, there's a few like hospital passes. Luckily, you know, which luckily, uh, uh, you know, a Man United player got at the end of, and none of your players got injured. But I was like looking at him, thinking, "What on earth are you doing? Where? Who is that to?" Yeah, I, I, he. he Unfortunately, when, like I say, when he's on it and everything's clicking, everything seems to pivot around him. And then when he's having one of these games, the whole uh, rhythm, uh, the whole cadence of the team just drops off and and we look terrible. And and some of the chances that fell to him, again, after a while, I'm thinking, well, it doesn't really matter what comes to him in this particular game. He's just having one of those terrible games where his rhythm just isn't there. I think Mane still looks dangerous, you know, still, even now, you know, he's been playing with us for a few years now. I'm still impressed that for such Mm. a short guy, how strong he is. You know, I love how, you know, he just, he almost wants to trick the defender. Go on, go on, get a bit close to the ball. And then he just whips it away. He's just, he's just got such quick feet. And then on the Mo Salah, I, I almost think he's just kind of got to that place where he's like, you know what, I am never going to get a free kick. So I just, I almost don't know what to do. I, I just need to try and stay on my feet and play someone else in. And it's all just when the machines run in, all the cogwheels are working together. And, and I just think they're all misfiring. I, I do think 
uh, Mane is is playing the best out of the three at the moment. But you know, we we just need someone to score a goal, and and particularly, you know, we seem to use them all up against Crystal Palace, didn't we? Um, I, I just think, like I say, when we're playing well, it's all around Bobby, and I don't want to put it on him, but it does seem to revolve around him as well. Yeah, Hakim's just coming there. The team doesn't play the ball to his side enough, unfortunately, regarding Mane. Um, uh, yeah, Mane just kind of just picks up the ball and runs, and yeah, he's he's phenomenal. Uh, Sam, I'll, I'll come to you because Dave has made some really really good points there about Bobby, and you know he is like pretty much the focal point. And I was actually watching the game, and I was watching it with my brother, and he goes, "Oh, you need the front three full on firing. That's how we get things going." And I, I disagreed with him, with him. I was like, remember last season where two would be on it and one would be off and it was more than sufficient. You were blowing teams out of the water. The front three were never actually collectively firing on all cylinders. But this season, it feels like there's something, something really, really strange and bizarre. It's almost like they're scared to take a shot. Um, they're trying to walk the ball into the net. The decision making's off. Um, I also find that there's always more defenders and attackers every time we have the ball in the box. It's just really, really frustrating. I think at one point we had something like nine shots and not a single one was on target. You know, we didn't really test it here. So uh, what what are your thoughts? Because I- I'm intrigued. I think it's bigger than what we think it is. Yeah, well, that's that's become a bit of a trend, doesn't it? The last four matches, where we're having plenty of shots, but we're not. I don't think we're creating good enough chances. We're creating half chances and finishing abysmally at the same time, uh, which obviously doesn't help. But um, I don't think it's a coincidence that we've started dropping points as soon as Jot has had a bit of a, a lengthy layoff. I think his introduction to the squad has been massive for us uh, this season. And ha- being able to bring on someone like him for the tail end of the game of, of matches has really been a big plus for us. So missing out on him now has, has really hurt us. Um, the example for that now is Man United of late. They've been winning games late quite often and that's because they've got such good attacking options off the bench. And because Liverpool have been so unlucky with injuries and having to play so many players out of position... We're ending up being left with very few options on the bench. Like Shakiri would have been a lovely little option off the bench today, but unfortunately he had to play. <laughs> so, um, and and with Jota missing as well, we we didn't really have anyone on the bench today that I thought was going to change the match for us. And on the other hand, Man United had Cavani and Greenwood on the bench, um, who who potentially gave them that little bit of impetus. Cavani probably. Um, for the last 20 minutes and that's probably why they had that little burst in the last 20 and, and nearly nicked it from us and it is it really is something that we have been lacking since Jota has been injured but you know you can't put it just down to that uh, as you talked about Firmino today now some of his decision making was really poor I thought there was a couple of of opportunities where he had the ball in the middle of the box and Robbo I know Dave was saying his finishing is, is terrible but Robbo was completely unmarked on the left-hand side and would have had a yeah. one-on-one with De Gea. You've got to play that pass. And he should have played it first time on one of the chances. Didn't. Held on to it. Then he should have played it to Thiago on the right-hand side instead and then ended up having a terrible shot. Um, and then when he did have, you know, did the right decision to hit the shot, uh, he did mean as Mr Burns' shot, um, which really was, you know, what I call a powder puff shot. It was just a, a complete lack of any sort of power behind it. So it it is a worry um, when Firmino is on, when he has his days like today. But I just think that was more symptomatic of the whole team. You know, Salah mm-hmm. got in some decent positions today against mm-hmm. Luke Shaw. Usually a fit and firing Salah creates that little half a yard and at least has an attempt at shooting at the far post. You know, he wasn't even trying to shoot today. He was, you know, I know he was restricted and Luke Shaw had a very good game, to be fair to him. Um, but, you know, it's it's just something, the whole team, where we're just not on it at the moment, guys. And it's it's we've got that game out of the way is the only way I can look at it. I don't know about you guys, but I'm in a WhatsApp group with some of my mates, Footy Banter, 
uh, group and there's three Man United fans in there that would have given me absolute hell if we'd have lost the game today. <laughs> so I'm I'm just taking it as, you know, thank Christ they didn't actually nick the win and just move on. I mean, I'm confident we'll catch Man United um, over over the rest of the season. I think we'll put things right and, you know, they're, they're, their run is bound to end um, but just purely based on stats, the amount of time that they're, you know, clinging on in the first half, especially. So um, I'm not worried about them. It's just the problem is if we keep playing like this, Man City, they're just going to go and run away with it. So, you know, that's the bit that's worrying me the most. Uh, do you want to hear my theory, Nina, the football philosopher? Are you ready? Yes, please. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's had a big build up, mine. So this is. <laughs> what down now? What should be met by awkward silence? I think it's it's a domino effect of Virgil Van Dyke, and I you're gonna think, oh my god, please shut up about Virgil Van Dyke. But we talk about Virgil Van Dyke like he's a quarterback. How and and Joe Gomez as well. How many times have they played in that fucking beautiful spray pass to our front players, and it's gone straight to their feet sometimes even completely negating that midfield straight to our attackers. And, you know, that service to Sadio Mane and Mo Salah has been phenomenal. The aerial threat of having Virgil van Dijk, sometimes he will take out the defenders of the opposition, which creates space, space for people at Sadio Mane who have scored from headers and who have, you know, who surprised a lot of people considering he's dead small. You know, we, we've looked quite threatening in set pieces because we've had that kind of presence of like a Joe Gomez and 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 the likes of you know Virgil Van Dijk and even Fabinho. Fabinho's got in. You know that there's been those kind of options. Also, when you've had a settled centre back, you find that your full backs are going a bit more gung ho in terms of going forward because they are very very assured and quite secure with what's going on. You're not going to get that when Jordan Henderson is your centre back. You might have it a bit more with Fabinho, of course because he just naturally looks like he's good. But I feel like it is a domino effect. And then when we have had those midfielders, today's looked a little better because you've had Thiago and Shaqiri's been linking up as well. You know, there's been some kind of involvement. Even Jimmy was in really, really advanced positions today. But usually that doesn't happen. And what you've found is when Red, all the other games, that I'm talking about the, you know, I'm talking about the West Brom game. I'm talking about the Newcastle game. Our front three have been suffocated because they have had a lack of supply as well. And I think that is something that people should not forget what a player like Virgil van Dijk and your Joe Gomez's offer because they do actually put in a gorgeous pass. 100% Nina, yeah, I d- definitely agree with that. It's not a wild theory that I was expecting. I was expecting, Sorry. <laughs> I was expecting something... Well, something terrible, to be honest, Nina. So um, you, you, that's actually a very good insight, I think. Um, it, oh, it, although the... my, my, my quirky theory would be um, Bobby Firmino <laughs> needs to spend less time reading his Bible and more time target practising. There, we, that's more like that's more like what I was expecting from you, Nina. To be <laughs> honest, <laughs> but uh, or something to do with his haircut, or you know, some something like that. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I got to agree with that. You know, if you got to, if you think about it, to be fair to the the front three, we're not getting the ball to them in any sort of space, and it's the same for the fullbacks. I think they've been effective, massive, affected massively this season mm-hmm. by our centre backs. We've we've had it was at least fourteen different centre back pairings a couple of games ago, which is just incredible and it's really difficult for the team to get any sort of understanding at the back but plus it's a high line as well don't they you know they're they're almost in midfield Mm. exactly and what you know i don't know i haven't seen any stats on this it'd be interesting to see if anyone's got this um the average positions of robbo and trent whether they are holding back a bit more this season since Van Dyke got injured because the recovery pace of Van Rebuild and they'd you know they'd stop the counter attack. So I would be really interested to see. It's it's just a theory. Um, it might have zero truth in it, uh, as often my theories do. But yeah, the 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 fullbacks might have been affected quite a lot by it as well because I'd imagine that they're probably having to stay deeper due to the uh, the concerns going the other direction. I think the domino effect comes in as well, though, doesn't it? Because the fact 
that you have into play Henderson and Fabinho, it, if we had actual centre-backs, so whether it's Van Dijk, whether it's Gomez, whether it's Matip, because I agree, Nina, they're, they're all great at those quarterback passes. You know, they're all very comfortable on the ball. They've all got great recovery pace, you know, so you can play a higher line, compress the play in the opponent's half. But the fact is, if you've got actual other centre-backs, pick anyone else, Henderson and Fabinho probably start in that midfield today. And I just think having to drag them back, and so then you're having to play, you know, Shakiri. Okay, I I thought Thiago, I guess we might speak about a little bit more. You know, I thought he looked classy, but some of his distribution in the first half, you know, there were a few wayward passes. I thought, you know, if you had Fabinho, Thiago and Henderson, you know, you're looking at a completely different midfield. You're looking at a machine that is operating well. Everyone knows their job, you know, and, and the fullbacks can bomb forward. There's there's more space in the opponent's half because, like say, you're compressing the play in the opponent's half a bit more. I just think we look all out of sorts. And it does stem from not having our regular centre-backs at the back. Absolutely. I've got, um, uh, it's, it is scary and, uh, you know, uh, it just goes to show just what those centre-backs actually offered. And even it gave Alisson so much space as well, you know, in, in his box to play that pass as well. Let's not forget last season, that pass to Mo Salah, that one was, the, you know, when Mo Salah scored that gorgeous goal against Man United. You know, it's just all these things that you're kind of looking back at and you're thinking, damn, you know, we're not doing that because the system doesn't allow us to do it. It's really, really frustrating and sad at the same time. I've got a question for you from Steve Pizza. In which basement is in Liverpool did we put Taki after the Palace game? Anyone know? I mean, here's your wild conspiracy theories now. So Steve Pizza wants to know what on earth has Taki done? Where is he? Has Klopp sold him on eBay? Hmm. Let's see. Guys, have you got any theories on this? Because it is quite frustrating because he did have a really good game against Palace. We keep speaking about this and, you know, it's annoying. Um, Dave, I'll come to you first on this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, so I put this. I mean, I, if if I wasn't being recorded and I was down the pub, I might be suggesting that Minamino might be having sexual relations with Klopp's missus or something, because that is the only kind of scandalous, uh, you know, silly theory that I can come up with. That why is why have we hardly seen him since he played so well? You know, we were so joyous, weren't we, after that game? He looked so at home. He was totally on it, took his goal well. But not only that, he just he just had a great game and he finally looked really at home in that system. And we've not seen him since. It, it does not make sense at all. And I guess that, you know, and again, I don't, don't particularly want to criticise the manager, but he's not having his best season I don't think because you're looking at situations like this like with Minamino and and you're saying well that just doesn't make sense and and we know you know the coaches and and the managers see the the players on the pitch we only get to see them for a very short amount of playing time you know we see them in the actual matches but from that eye test it just doesn't make sense to me at all and you know, with the key players that we've got out, with the front line not really firing, I, I don't know if I was Minamino, I'd, I'd be thinking, well, what have I got to do to get into this team, or or do I just is this not going to work for me here? Do I need to be looking elsewhere? Because for, from the time that we've seen him recently, you know, we kind of he couldn't do any more, and and so yeah, yeah. I don't really have a good answer for you, Steve. I just think it's it's very frustrating. And and especially when we see that Bobby's having a day like he does today. To yeah. To mix it up a bit and just, you know, it's, it's not as if we've been blowing teams away. We haven't scored a fucking goal in three games, for Christ's sake. It is tremendously frustrating. I think Klopp's traded him in for a box of fags. What do you think, Sam? That's a bit undersold him a bit there, Nina. Um, <laughs> bloody hell. All right, a um, 20 sleeve then, a 20 sleeve. I know we didn't spend a lot of money on him, but bloody hell. Um, yeah, it, it, it is weird. Um, remember we were talking about the Palace game and we had seven goals from t- like 2.7 expected goals at the time. 
And then since the Palace game, we've scored one goal from 6.4 XG, something along those lines. So yeah. it's um, clearly Minamino is, is a genius. No, um, it's, it's, it's a weird one with Minamino because he did have a really good game. And you'd think he'd have at least had, you know, 10-minute cameos at the end of games to try and change things, try to find a goal, um, something along those lines. So it is a bit of a bizarre one, especially when our bench looks so weak with attacking options today. You'd think he was pretty much one of the only options. But, um, you know... Klopp, Klopp knows these things best. It, it's sometimes to do with how they're performing and training coming up to it. It might be to do with physicality and against the certain opposition. There might be horses for courses and he just f- found that the, the opposition we played recently wouldn't have suited Minamino. I don't know. There's so many different things. It is a bit of a mystery because uh, I thought he was starting to show a little bit of form and might actually contribute to this team. But uh, unfortunately, no. So yeah, it, it is a bit of a bit of an unusual one that, and uh, you know, very very frustrating when you're struggling for goals. Absolutely. And Sam, I'll stick with you. And we've kind of spoken about the defense and the attack. So I've got. I'm going to come to you with the midfield now. Obviously, Klopp. You know, given the circumstances, and um, you know, he played that midfield. Thiago home game. You know, Ginny Wijnaldum and. We saw a bit of Shakiri, and I'm sure Dave will have a lot to say about that. But what did you make of that midfield? Because I felt like, in an attacking sense, they were trying to, you know, be creative. They were trying to link up with the attackers. I thought Shakiri had a lot of involvement for the first 20 minutes. Um, you know, Thiago, you know, pit, you know, trying to ping in the passes, trying to control. Uh, the only scary thing was, and I think either yourself and Dave touched on it, was the fact that we did look a little vulnerable on the on the counter-attack because obviously that was a lack of Fabinho. So I want to get your thoughts on what did you make of the midfield and, you know, if there's any player you specifically want to highlight or talk about in that midfield. Yeah, I, I thought Shaqiri was one of our brightest players, especially at the start, you know, start of the game. I thought Shaqiri looked very bright, um, saw some really difficult passes and found them and, and made Liverpool look like a very dangerous team in the first 20 minutes to half an hour. Um, he, he definitely faded in the second half. Um, I, I, a lack of... He hasn't been playing 90 minutes at all. Uh, it, it's something that might come with with a bit more game time for Shakiri. But the, the thing about Shakiri, I'm not 100% sure what his, his pressing is like. It'd be interesting to see Gags's stats regards to pressing when it comes to Shakiri because I think that Man United were getting out a little bit too easy for my liking when they wanted to hit the hit hit us on the break. And one of the biggest strengths of this Liverpool team with the with the middle three, um, the three midfielders, is usually we make it very difficult for the opposition to be able to get out when we do lose the ball high up. Um, we regain it back very quickly, and you know without maybe Henderson and Fabinho in that midfield, I think maybe. There was a bit of a drop off, and Kate especially. I think he's fantastic with his pressing. Um, you know, players like that missing in the midfield. I think we the balance wasn't quite right, and it it led to us not having full control of the game in that midfield today. Unfortunately. Yeah, and um, what about yourself, um... Chris, Dave, Steve? <laughs> It's like Ruth and Rula, I call you everyone. Call you Bruno now. Call you Bruno. Yeah, he had quite a quiet game, didn't he? Right, go on. Go on, Dave. I, I must admit, when I saw the team coming through and I saw Thiago, it, my eye kind of went straight to him and I thought, yes, this, this is a game. This is where he's really going to launch himself now. Because we've seen little cameos, haven't we? Little flashes. But, but he hasn't really dominated a game, and I thought this is this could be the one. And then my eye went to Shakiri, and I thought, I'm not sure about playing both of them together in this particular game. For me, this this game, it it doesn't matter where Liverpool are in the league. It doesn't matter where Man United are in the league. This game is always a battle in the first half. It is always blood and thunder, and I just think you know. I, Shakiri and Thiago, well, Thiago's a bit of an anomaly because he's just bloody so good at everything. But but generally, you want to see him with the ball. And the same with Shakiri as well. And, and we've obviously had a problem in creating chances. So 
I've been wanting to see more of Shakiri on the pitch, but not necessarily from the start in this game. And as Sam says there, you know, Cater would have been so good to have available, you know, and playing because, you know, having that high, you know, high energy, high pressing game from him, I think that would have made a big difference. And I've even said, I know he's not been brilliant recently, but, but Ox, you know, he's quite blood and thunder as well. I think that that high energy is what you need in this game. Not necessarily, certainly in the first half, it's not all about in possession. And so I I was a bit surprised. I do, I, I love, he looks so good on the ball, doesn't he, Shakiri? And, and you just, he just sees pictures on the pitch that other players don't see. And you There's a lot of space for that midfield as well, weren't there? Because you saw, you yeah. know, Shakiri, you know, he had lots of space to work with. You know, you saw Ginny getting into advanced positions. I find it quite strange that sometimes you found that maybe Thiago might have been the deepest midfielder, which, you know, was kind of annoying because you kind of want him pulling strings in the middle. Exactly. And it comes back to that point about the domino effect again, doesn't it? So, you know, if you've got Fabinho in that midfield, Thiago's much further up in the, you know, in the pitch. So, yeah, I think I, I was, I, I had mixed feelings about seeing Shakira. I, I thought in this particular game, Shakira would have been a much better pretty sure i said shakira there you definitely did i was you gonna did. i was gonna put her up on that <laughs> i was i was trying to it's what happens when you do a show with me so many times that's <laughs> the words were leaving my mouth i was trying to reach out and grab them and and put them back in but no no it's out there so shakira uh, she might have done a decent job up front in this game so you know i i thought he'd have been a, a better option bringing him on in the second half wear them down a bit and then where there's a bit more space. And and again, I just think I can't help but come back to that Minimino thing. You've got three kind of, uh, three, two fairly immobile central defenders in Lindelof and Maguire. He's a fridge. I don't, I don't think you need to play Bobby up there. You know, defenders like that don't like to play against small kind of quick players. And I think someone like Minamino could have, you know, could have unsettled them a bit with some of those runs in behind. I mean, they were defending quite deep, so I appreciate it's, you know, it's it's difficult to break down a team like that. I mean, essentially, Man United have come here, top of the league, and they played like West Brom, you know. So, so they defended deep there, not really had ambition apart from, you know, maybe getting a breakaway goal. But, you know, I, I thought we could have created more problems and I can see what Klopp's thinking that, you know, Shakiri's good with those incisive passes, those creative passes that other people don't see. But not, not in this game. This game, you always have to start off with a high-energy midfield. And we've given our midfield, you know, in the past, I've heard people say about, you know, it's not creative enough. But they're basically the water carriers. They, they kind of do all the grafting to allow the front three to shine. And again, just all out of kilter. So I thought if if we'd have had lots of the ball, if we had played, you know, a team down at the bottom, I mean, I, when are we playing Sheffield United? They seem to be the worst team in, in recent memory. So, you know, against a team like that, who's just going to defend, you want Shakiri and Thiago in midfield, not against Man United. I think one one thing that was unfortunate as well is that it seems like Matt Dip has just missed the boat for today. And I think if he'd have been fit, obviously Henderson would have been in midfield and then Shakiri would have been that option off the bench. So I think it was we're we're just having a really shit time with injuries this season and we we have said we should have known better coming into the start of the season. You know, I thought we were getting away with it when after the Palace game seven nil top of the league looking, you know, sitting pretty. But it's finally caught us up now, isn't it? And it's, you know, it is our own fault going into the season with only three recognised centre-backs when two of them have got poor injury history as well. So we, we did kind of put all of our eggs in the Van Dyke basket and it, it's it's bitten us on the ass. So, um, yeah, just, just fingers crossed they might actually 
do something about it or we might get we we need to have a bit of luck with injuries basically and uh, that's something we're leaving it to, to chance then and that's something that concerns me but the thing is sam even if everyone's fit right we've got van dyke gomez and matip as senior center backs that's not enough matip's exactly missed, yeah matip's mr glass so, you know, we all love him, especially yeah. when he does his Basil Fawlty, you know, kind of impressions on the pitch. <laughs> and, and, you know, he's brilliant meme, you know, uh, fodder, isn't he? So, yeah. yeah. But but we can't really rely on him. So I'm no. honestly baffled as, as to why we haven't bought anyone yet. And, and you know, usually when I've had this feeling of, of being frustrated that we've not gone in, usually they pull something out of the bag and I go, ah, all right, I, I see it now, but and and I hope that's the case in in this situation as well. But but right now it feels really frustrating because all the way through December we're just thinking, oh, we just we just need to get to January, and we're in the middle of January and it looks like this is going to go by and we're going to get this. What honestly I think is a nonsense narrative that there's no value in January. I, I still think we've had some great players in January, mm. as have other clubs. Um, Van Dyke, <laughs> you know, we, we've done all right in January. Generally, Bruno, Bruno so, Fernandez for them, I suppose. Yeah, oh God, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, but, but do, do you not reckon? Oh well, I, I was severely underwhelmed with him today, and I, I know he's a decent player. Um, and maybe I'm kind of as a Liverpool supporter that that should be good that you were underwhelmed. Yeah, but maybe I'm. Uh, I, I just think. I had quite a lot of respect for him before, but I just think with some of the things he said in the press over this last week, he's just he's just become that horrible little shit that I kind of love to hate. I've as missed a it all. I've, yeah, I've missed it all. I've, I was a domestic droid. You guys will get it, domestic droid. Yeah, uh, um, I've, I've been really busy. I've missed it all. And, and you know what? It's, it's quite normal for them to talk up. And you know what? Let them. I think an opposition player just talking nonsense is, is pretty much part of the game. Do, do you know what I mean? Uh, lucky for him, he's had the goods to kind of back it up. You know, he's a decent, decent footballer. And, you know, he has, you know, hit the ground running for them. And, you know, you can talk. But today, obviously, it didn't work out. And I want to focus again on the positives. I want to go to my goalkeeper. You know, we speak about uh, Fabinho. But, you know, we literally have the best goalkeeper in the world. Imagine looking like Alisson and then being that good at your position like my ego could not handle it literally he saved us twice two huge saves if he's not in net we're losing 2-0 i absolutely love that guy um i think it was i think it was guy drinkle that created the the nickname bbb for him in our whatsapp chat is big beautiful bastard i like (laughs) that uh, um, so yeah, we just call him BBB. Uh, we absolutely love the guy. He's he's incredible. Like even when Manu were offside, he was not letting them score today. You know, it, and just to touch on the offside thing very quickly, that's a fucking annoying rule, isn't it? When they're yeah. ab- Man United are absolutely miles offside and he's not lifting his flag, and then do notice in the first half, Liverpool had one offside when Mane received the ball and he lifted the flag straight away and gave the decision and didn't let us try and attack and, and they didn't show a replay either. So it just blows my mind, the inconsistency sometimes that, you know, Man United had seven offsides. They didn't lift the flag once and just wait until one of our players breaks a leg trying to stop them. And also what it does, the worst thing about when they don't lift the flag is it kind of gives the opposition a feeling that they're building momentum against us even though they're bloody offside every time and there was never an attack, it looks like, oh, they were nearly in there, oh, they were nearly in again. And it, I, I just bloody hate that. And it, it's very frustrating when, you know, I, I get it and I think it's correct. When it's a tight call, obviously wait until the you know until the play is finished and then they can go to VAR. But sometimes, they're, you know, Rashford at one point, he was five yards offside and he went, yeah, we better play this through now just in case. So, yeah, absolutely infuriating. Um, but back to Alisson, I just think he's incredible. The way he, a few times today, he had to come and sweep up and he, he's always on his toes. He's on the edge of his box at all times. The one-on-one saves he makes, you know, that that one for 
Pogba, I know it went straight at him, but he had to stand up strong there. Some some goalkeepers we've had in the past have dived early there and dived out the bloody way. So um, it's all about having composure when the opposition are taking shots, make yourself big and, and get the saves in. So, you know, that, that, that save as well against um, Bruno, you know, it, it was a low shot with him. Quite a lot of goalkeepers have been caught out with the ball going through their legs in that position. Very similar to our winning goal against Everton, which was disallowed actually with uh, Henderson when Pickford just let it go under his legs. And, you know, the difference with uh, with BBB is that he actually does save it. So, yeah, I absolutely love, love the guy and I'm in full agreement that he is the best goalkeeper in the entire world right now. What are your thoughts on BBB? I've got a massive crush on him. <laughs> to be honest, not just in the football sense, he is a beautiful man, isn't he? And and I just think every time he makes one of those crucial saves, he just gets more beautiful in my eyes. He is just so good. I remember when we were first linked with him, and I watched Brazil, and I thought, yeah, he looks he looks all right, but I'm not really seeing anything special. But honestly, I think he's the best keeper that we've had in my lifetime. Yep. Now, I I didn't see Ray Clements at his peak, so I, I, I only saw the old videos and everything. But the biggest difference between the top, top keepers, it's not making, you know, one save after the other. I, I do think um, Pope at Burnley, you know, he, he gets shots peppered at him and he looks great, you know, and he gets a lot of practice. But if you're doing pretty much nothing, which Alisson was doing today, but in that moment, you have to be sharp. You have to be on it. And it was in quick succession, wasn't it? You know, we had uh, we had one chance that he saved with his feet. And then I know, you know, it was offside, but there was no way they weren't going to score today. They weren't going to have it in the back of the net. And I just thought, in those moments, Alisson just proved again that, you know, he, he's kind of... He is one of our most crucial players and you know I know Keller did well when he when he was in there earlier in the year but there's just that confidence that comes with having Allison at the back there and just I, I saw someone mentioned earlier about you know we shouldn't be happy with the draw and I think for me I'm not happy with the draw I'm I guess I'm just relieved <laughs> you know it's like I say for the for the last week through given the circumstances things, and everything what exactly. we're going through yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from, and and I just think you know if you look at on the on the balance of play, we had it's been the similar theme for the last few games, you know, last couple of months, pretty much. You know, we've had the lion's share of possession, you know, we've dominated the game, but then I thought United looked really, really dangerous, and and they probably had the better chances, you know, um, like I say, without Allison there, we're probably losing that game. And we're probably a lot more frustrated and a lot more down on Sunday going into work on a Monday morning. So I, I think for me, that's why I'm kind of relieved. I, I, I don't, I'm not happy as such. I'm just relieved that we've got that point. And, and Alison is a massive, massive part of that. You know, that, that's been the really frustrating thing about this, this run of games is that we are, if you look at the XG, if you like XG, we seem to be having more XG than the opposition in pretty much every game we play, that the problem we're having is that's just accumulation of loads of half chances. We're not creating any actual big chances, whereas we're letting the opposition then just nick them on the break. And that's, you know, that's bread, bread and butter for Man United at the moment. That is their biggest strength. And that's why their away record is so bloody good is because they, they sit back and, and they break very, very well. And you've got to give them credit for that. And we are not attacking well enough at the moment to create anything other than half chances. And when our finishing is as abysmal as it, as it has been in the last few games, it doesn't happen. You know, we massively outperformed our XG in the Crystal Palace game. Everything went in. And, and just, it's, it's really weird, isn't it, how just nothing has gone in since. And it's it's all or nothing with us. But, uh, you know, I just think we, we need to hang in there. And it, it's it's going to come with time. It is a matter of time before we get back on form. These guys have performed for years now consecutively, and this is the worst run we've had 
in the last three years or so, probably. Mm. So I just think it's inevitable that we're going to come out of it. I just bloody hope it's against Burnley midweek now. Absolutely. Um, I just want to celebrate a win. Uh, guys, I think we have pretty much discussed everything there. I mean, is there any final thoughts you'd like to share before we go to Man of the Match? There's there's one thing that we haven't mentioned which made me want to smash my TV up. Um, the way they blew up early for half-time. Mm. Um, oh, my God. Like there, there was a lot of messing about as well before that, so it should have been more than one minute extra time. And <laughs> did you see Thiago's reaction? He went absolutely ballistic, didn't he? And it looked like Mane was in. And the one time we played some quick passes and looked like we knocked Mane in over the top. And, you know, he's going to have Lindelof on toast for pace, obviously. And he just blew early. And it was just like, ah, oh, just, uh, just some of the refereeing sometimes. Uh, the offside, uh, Manu had an offside at one point. But Liverpool had already recovered the ball and were making their own counter-attack. And the ref blew the whistle and took it back for the offside. Just, you know, weird, stuff like that. It? Oh, mate, it, it just absolutely wrecks you, doesn't it? But, you know, none of that, none of that's an excuse. You know, Liverpool, again, disappointed today and have not created enough. And it's that's, that's purely it. You know, we're defending well with without the centre-backs at the back. But it's, you know, it's the Nina Kouza theory uh, that it's, it's affecting everything else. And that's... Uh, Unfortunately, not quite working. But I, yeah. I don't think we've had any help at any no. point from any officials. And and I've, I'm don't really... expect it. I've, I'm numb to it now. I'm, I've completely dissented. Mm. I just don't expect anything from them. Yeah, but I, I think it's worse. Right again, one of the things that's been winding me up this week that fucking tool Clattenburg you know essentially coming out and saying and criticizing Klopp and saying you know he's trying to play mind games and they're saying well well yeah Man United they they probably used to get more decisions when it was Ferguson but not anymore so he's saying basically you corrupt fucker and I don't understand why (laughs) a a big more of a big deal isn't being made of this he's basically saying yes we used to give Man United more fucking decisions but despite all the statistics it doesn't happen anymore. Fuck off. <laughs> they are getting more and more. And and I couldn't understand. You know, there, there was a moment in the first half, I'm sure it was Genie who had a shot. And I was like, I'm sure Maguire got his hands in front of that. And it's, it's one of those that didn't even get mentioned, didn't have a replay, nothing. And, you know, that that blowing up at the end, I don't think Lindelof's getting anywhere near that. Yeah. And, I, you know, whether he stopped running, I don't know. Because it was actually blew up when the ball got played back before that through ball. So so maybe, you know, it, it looked worse than it was. But you just think everything at the moment from the officials seems to be going against us. And I'm, you know, I'm a subscriber in, yeah, there's not really a bias there. It's just It's just how it appears. Incompetence more, yeah. Yeah, it's more incompetence. But now I've got my fucking tinfoil hat on. And I'm properly thinking, (laughs) this is more than just incompetence. The fact that if it's incompetence, it should go for you 50% of the time. And against you 50% of the time. For the last couple of months, this has just gone 100% against us. I keep coming back to that that offside against Everton, which... Mm -hmm. No one can convince me there there was not an offside there. And I'm not going to say it's a conspiracy, but there is something fucking off about all of this. Mate, you sound a bit like Doc Brown in Back to the Future, where he goes, with that decision, there was a chain reaction, and and the timeline skewed off. I'm 1.21 gigawatts, uh, and we'd have been in there. uh, Honestly, (laughs) if I could go have a time machine, because that, you know, even though he was... I don't think... They gave offside for for Van Dyke's hand and then he got assaulted and then they didn't even even if he is offside it's still a straight red do you know what I mean just yeah oh, but, don't but I fucking love it. You get pricks <laughs> yeah. on Twitter it's like oh, oh it God. couldn't have been a red because you know it was offside you fucking numpties well in that case then if you blow up 
Let's just have a fucking five-second free-for-all. We'll have a big <laughs> wrestling match. We'll get the chairs in from the sidelines. Fucking smash it over people's heads. And, and you can't be sent off. You can be sent off in the fucking tunnel, for fuck's sake. Yeah. So, yeah, so, it, it's just yeah. nonsense. But that, that Everton will be loving it, though, because they know that what they did in that game by assaulting him and Thiago, who looks, you know, different gravy has had a massive, massive, massive impact on this season for Liverpool. So we now need to be strong, you know, not just as as players, they need to be strong mentally, but as fans, we need to be strong mentally because at some point, hopefully, we'll be able to go back into that ground. So I just think we need to hang in there with them. Um, it's going to be a bloody bumpy ride, but, you know, we've had it all our own way for the last two seasons. Yeah. We're going to have to start grinding it out now. And, you know, I think it, it'll help all the more if we're all as positive as possible and try and get behind the team. Okay, guys. Um, We we are, yeah, absolutely. I I am really pressed for time, so I'm trying to quickly run run around and get your man of the match. Um, Sam, I'll come to you. Who's your man of the match? Um, Yeah, I I definitely Fabinho for me today. I just Mm -hmm. think he was a class above and I think without him at the back, Man United are nicking that bloody 1-0 win, aren't they? So, um, yeah, I think Fabinho's the man of the match. And very quickly, Nina, I know you're short on time. Um, you know, after I smashed The Mandalorian, I'm now doing a full rewatch of all of the Star Wars films because of it. And I've I've already watched the first eight films, if you include Rogue One and Solo as well. So nice. um, I've gone into a massive Star Wars wormhole now. Um, so yeah, absolutely thoroughly enjoying it, and actually enjoying even the first three Star Wars a lot more than I thought I, you know, did the first time. So uh, yeah, um, that's me at the moment. Wonderful, and you can follow Sam on at Sam. Sam, what's your Twitter handle? You're gonna you're gonna say at Steve Evans there, wouldn't you? Uh, it's at Sambo Evans. At Sambo Evans, give him a follow. He's awesome. Dave, I'll come to you, your man of the match, and some plugs. I know you've got some stuff going on. I think I want to give it to Fabinho because he is dominant. He, I, I'm sort of... I, I want to give it to Alisson as well. Um, no, to, I, I think on balance, I, I'm going to have to give it to Fabinho. But, but essentially, we did get a point today because of Alisson. Um, you know, even if Fabinho doesn't make that challenge... He's still uh, Rashford's still got to get past Allison, whereas you know for those two saves, um, you know he really did make a difference there. So I think yeah, I think that is it for me. And Sam, I can highly recommend the animated series as well if you if you've got Disney Plus. So the Clone Wars and Rebels, yeah. just phenomenal. Once you get past the fact that it's animated, the yeah. story writing is brilliant. Yeah, I I'll probably give that a little. Little watch once I've completed the films because uh, I'm very curious about the whole Darth Maul thing. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll check that out, mate. Wonderful, wonderful. Right, guys. So that was the Nina Kazi show back. I'm um, try not being too disappointed or disheartened. We've got another game coming up against Burnley. Hopefully, we start seeing some positive results and some goals. Uh, a massive thank you to both Dave and Sam for being excellent guests as always. A massive thank you to Yona and Gags for for the questions and you know calling in and of course our our live people on discord we really really appreciate your interaction with us thanks so much for listening take care and i will catch you in my next episode till next time up the reds Podcast Network.